We've been following very closely this trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. By the way, his spokesperson was on with Laura Ingram last night. David Hancock, uh, Hancock is his name, slamming Joe Biden for casting Kyle Rittenhouse as a white supremacist in a tweet a year ago. Don't forget the candidate for the U.S. president himself last year prior to an election called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist. He said it's appalling. By the way, the people involved in the shootings were not uh, minorities from everything that I've read, not that I've heard. Um, and as we watch and then you have CBS. I mean, they've, they've already concluded where this trial should end up. You know, there's a reason that this program has been right about Ferguson, Missouri, when everybody else rushed to judgment. We didn't rush to judgment. Our sources told me very early on that there were eyewitnesses, many of them African-American, that that corroborated the story of then police officer Darren Wilson. Same thing in the Freddie Gray case. Same thing down in Florida with uh, uh, Trayvon Martin in that case and the rush to judgment in the media. The same thing with Duke Lacrosse. The same thing with UVA. The same thing with Cambridge Police. It happens every single time. CBS this morning tweets out, oh, uh, he, uh, Kyle uh, Rittenhouse breaks down in tears as he tells the jury he murdered two men. That's not what he said. And that is a legal term. It's just a lie. And you can see that that once again, this rush to judgment in the media I mean, you have it all over the media now. Congressman Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, wants to end the mass incarceration, uh, says to lock up Kyle Rittenhouse and throw away the key. Excuse me? Do we not believe in due process, the presumption of innocence anymore in this country? Now, it got really heated yesterday. I'll just remind you uh, when the judge just blasted this prosecutor. Uh, you know, it's a little hard to hear. When the prosecutor brought up the issue about why Kyle Rittenhouse used his constitutional right. We do have Miranda laws in this country. You have the right to remain silent. It is established law in the country. And then why he chose to remain silent and quite the, the, the prosecutor bringing that up and the judge saying the problem is this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. You're right on the borderline. You may be over it. It better stop. And I was astonished that you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That is basic law. It's been basic law in this country for decades. I have no idea uh, why you would do something like that. And at one point says, don't get brazen with me, the judge firing back. You know very well that attorneys cannot go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking the outside of the presence of the jury to do so. Now, the defense, by the way, they have rightly called for a mistrial with prejudice. The judge is yet to determine or decide on that. Um, and uh, we expect closing arguments tomorrow. We're going to speak with Kyle's mom in a minute. Uh, but first, let's remind you of this judge exchange. When you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence, that's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. The court has seen no reason to change its ruling. And just so this record is clear, in spite of the lengthy statement by Mr. Binger, before we started today, the court specifically stated in Mr. Binger's presence, there's been nothing to have me change any of my rulings. There have been numerous occasions during this trial where they've opened the door. 
he knows if you're going to go into something that's been excluded in a pretrial order, you better ask the court, you better get permission. This is ridiculous. It, you know, was, it wasn't excluded, Your Honor. You know why it was excluded in the first place? Because it's, it was propensity evidence. That is exactly what 90404 is designed to prevent. What I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the testimony. Don't get brazen with me. By the way, the memes on Twitter, don't get brazen with me, are all over the place. Uh, anyway, we uh, welcome to the program Wendy Rittenhouse. She is Kyle Rittenhouse's mother. Uh, I'm sure this has not been an, an easy time for you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it is not um, very, it's very difficult time for my family and especially for Kyle. When, when their lead witness, the prosecution's lead witness, admitted that before Kyle fired on him, that he po pointed a loaded weapon at your son first. I could not believe that that was their star witness. What was your reaction? Oh, my God. I mean, in the video, it shows him pointing the gun at Kyle, um, pointing right at his head. And he said he pointed it, and he, I was in awe. You know, it was like, oh, my God. He he said it. He actually said he pointed the gun at Kyle's head. Everybody, all the, the people in the media, and I can give you a long list if you'd like, that have rushed to judgment and condemned your son and referred to him as a white supremacist and, and even even elected officials that want him thrown in jail, throw away the key. Uh, even Joe Biden himself weighing in on it as that he's somehow a white supremacist. Uh is there any evidence of such? Because I haven't seen anything that would suggest anything like that. No, he's not a white white supremacist, not a racist. Um, the FBI went through his Facebook and all his social media before the media. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, and um, TikTok took his um, media down. Um, he's, he's never been like that. Um, he cares about everybody. He he enjoys life. He, all he wants to do is help people, and that's why he went down to down to Kenosha to help people. And Kyle, if you know Kyle, he'll give us his own shirt off his own back. If he have, if you need five bucks, he'll give you five bucks. If you need gas, you know. And with the media, they they want to be the first to report it. They don't want to do any any fact check. Or any to get it out there. They don't want to do anything like to like say, oh, he's a racist or not. No, they just like what for it, saying like, he's a racist. He's um, a white supremacist. He's none of that. Let me ask you. I, I would play it, but I think for a mom, it's probably too difficult to hear. But you witnessed it yesterday. When he broke mm -hmm. down on the stand, it seemed like he was having. And I'm not a medical doctor, but to me, it looked like a classic full-on panic attack uh i think the judge did the right thing by calling the recess at that moment um tell us tell us how did you feel as a mom and what has it been like for you and him behind the scenes now that all this evidence is now emerging that seems to be exculpatory and that you're showing that your son acted within the law 
you know, um, that day was very difficult for him and me and the rest of our family. And seeing him break down like that, it it broke my heart. I want, I just wanted to go up there and hug him and tell him it's going to be all right. And it, 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 it just hurt so bad as a mom watching my son going through this. My son didn't do nothing wrong. He, he, he when, defended himself from a mob, from a crazy man. You know, when you and, look at the video, you, uh, your former attorney, Lynn Wood, put this video together, and we showed a lot of it last night on TV, and the video shows your son running and being chased by what looks like a, a, a group of crazy people that are looking to you know take him down. And one guy knocks off his hat. Then he's on the ground. And then there's this still store image that we showed and we framed it last night of somebody about to take their foot and smash his head into the cement. That is the moment where the other shootings took place. Um, yeah. Did you get any feel for how the jury is reacting to all of this? The jury, um, they are paying close attention to this case, and they're writing down everything, and I'm, it's in the jury's hands. And, you know, that's all I have to say about the jury. It's in, in their hands, and they're paying well good attention on this case. I don't know what's going to happen. It was an interesting analysis. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm sure you probably don't have time to watch TV during this trial, but I had no, on Professor no. Alan Dershowitz on last night, and his belief is is that the prosecution, because of their star witness, that 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 narrative, mm -hmm. you know, fell apart for them, and it, that became a disaster from their perspective. Yeah. And then the videos that have been coming out, then uh, I thought your son did particularly well on cross-examination by the prosecution. I, I didn't feel they they got they they moved him in any way. Um, mm -hmm. And so Dershowitz's theory is and it has happened before and people do this on purpose. Prosecutors do that. He purposefully wants a mistrial called uh, so that they would get another attempt at it. Now, based on the judge's reaction yesterday, um, I would believe he can dismiss this case with prejudice and it's over. There will be no second trial of your son. Um, do you feel that you get the feeling that that's where this is headed? Do you think that the prosecution did this on purpose? You know, it's in God's hands and that's all I mean. It's in God's hands and only God knows. I want to tell you a little story. So I was a local radio host in Atlanta. Uh, when, and I don't know if you're familiar with who I am or what I do, but I, I was a local radio host in Atlanta. And I was there during the Olympic Park bombing. And I was on the air when the Atlanta Journal-Constitution came out with a headline. Fits the, the security guard, in this case Richard Jewell, fits the profile of a lone bomber. And they go into a long explanation why. And the bottom line of their argument was, after all, he lives at home with his mom. And I was on the air and I said, I read that, read it on the air and I said, just because he lives with his mom does not mean he's a terrorist. And the media then turned on him and it was vicious. His attorney at the, was Lynn Wood and, and his attorney told me in an interview that he believes that it led to an early death of his client because of all the stress and pressure that it put on him. And I look at this and, but that taught me a lesson. We have now, in this country, we have a media, I call them the mob. We have 
politicians, Barack Obama and, 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 and you know, injected his opinions into cases all the time. The Trayvon Martin case, the Cambridge police case. I believe he also had comments on Ferguson, Missouri, et cetera. And Joe Biden now in this particular case. But I learned a valuable lesson. I didn't know that Richard Jewell was listening to me that day. And he ended up giving me the first interview. And he said to me, I was the only one that gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That that moment changed my life. And it ends up that I've been right on every one of these high pro- profile cases because I don't rush the judgment. In the Duke Lacrosse case, I actually took the time to go meet the families, talk to the kids. And I knew very early on that they all had evidence that was exculpatory, that they weren't even there at the time of the alleged assault. What does this tell you? What have you learned about the media, politics, you know, these public figures speaking out about your son? You know, it, it's, I get angry about it. And with these politicians, famous people, the news, they want to be like, they want to destroy my son's life. And it just irritates me that people... They want to be out there first about anything and say, hey, this is the white supremacist, or hey, this kid's a racist. There's no evidence on that. And they, they want Were there any minorities that were shot? Because I have not read that anywhere. No. So how do, people, how do people make the leap that this was somehow a racial event if minorities are not involved in it? It, it was a BLM protest. Mm-hmm. And that's what what happened. You know, I'm sure this is a, a difficult time for you and your family. Um, I guess we get closing arguments tomorrow, and then we expect a verdict sometime early next week. Yes. Um, I'm I'm assuming you're not going to have a good few days. Um, I think the evidence has, you know, as as th- it's so interesting how if you do allow due process, and you mm-hmm. believe in the presumption of innocence, and you let people tell their story. And, and it's one of the reasons that I like the fact that police officers now have these video cameras with them, because now we, yeah. we get to see things that that we never saw before in cases. And the fact that there were so many different videotapes of Kyle, your son, uh, at that exact moment when he was running away from a group of people that were looking to bring bodily harm to him. Um, it's pretty amazing. But. Uh, we're going to watch very, very closely. We appreciate you coming on and 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 talking to us about it. And uh, we yeah, uh, wish you the best and Godspeed. Yeah, thank you. And there's one more thing: is um, um, it's freekyleusa.org. If anybody wants to jo- donate to Kyle's um, defense, um, it's freekyleusa.org. We really appreciate you taking the time, Wendy Rittenhouse, mother of Kyle Rittenhouse. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, and have a good day. You too. 800-941-SEAN uh, is our number. We'll get to your calls coming up next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of this program. You know, um, every single day on this show, we are not forgetting the people that Joe Biden abandoned in Afghanistan. And that means our fellow, we learned, what, three weeks ago, there are hundreds of Americans Now we've learned even more. The Pentagon confirming dozens of family members of our troops are still trapped behind enemy lines. It's 101 days since Joe promised he wouldn't abandon them. 13 days later, he did. They now have been stuck behind enemy lines for 89 long days. Um, We didn't want to forget that today is Veterans Day um, because every freedom we have 
is because of the sacrifice of others. People willing to put their lives on the line for us so that we can go about the business of living our lives as we choose. The price has been heavy. It has been high. The sacrifice enormous. And we don't appreciate, I think, these brave men and women enough. Uh, one guy that I know does is Frank Siller. He runs the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Now, that was dedicated to honoring the sacrifice of his brother, uh, Stephen Siller, a firefighter, FDNY, 9-11, laid down his life to save other people. You know, everybody else is going down. His brother was racing up to save lives. And what's amazing is 20 years in now, the Tunnels to Towers Foundation has supported our first responders, our vets, their families, providing heroes with, with you know, whatever they need, mortgage-free homes, and, and so much more. Can't even begin to tell you the impact that Tunnels to Towers has on the lives of so many people that sacrifice so much for us. And our friend uh, Frank Siller is back with us. Sir, how are you? Hey, Sean, thanks for having me on today. And look, I'm right down to Lincoln Memorial today. We're reading uh, the 7,070 names of all those great heroes that gave their life for our country uh, while we could live, uh, like you said, in these liberties, this freedom that we have here in America uh, over the last 20 years, we lost 7,020 of our, our fellow Americans who were protecting us. And I'm down here with Gold Star families, generals, colonels, uh, corporals, you name it, people who lost their buddies to the left and the right to them and maybe survived themselves, but they are here to honor uh, the, these great families and the families that are left behind. And we're going to make sure today that uh, we honor them in the proper way. And the first time ever, we're going to make, we're reading all 7,070 names. It's going to take nearly nine hours to do it. Um, and we started early this morning, and we're, uh, we're, we're still doing it as, of, as I'm speaking with you right now. And by the way, and we, we should point out, I mean, you've had amazing success. And, for example, you have given mortgage-free homes or paid off mortgages for 35 Gold Star families around the country through their Gold Star Family Home Program. Um, you know, you also you, you did this for 15 U.S. Army soldiers, 14 U.S. Navy sailors, four Marines, one Air Force captain, one major in the North Carolina Air National Guard. But this is what you do all year long. This has now become, you know, your your passion, your calling in life, and you've been very successful at it. Well, yes. What better day to give away 35 mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families than on Veterans Day? Uh, we felt, you know, we try to do everything, have meaning behind it. And uh, many of these families are, 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 are here reading their loved ones' names. Uh, so to deliver 35 mortgage-free homes, some of them we built and some of them we paid off their mortgages. Uh, we couldn't be more proud than than uh, than to do it today. But look, we promised, Total Towers Foundation made a promise that we are going to deliver 200 mortgage-free homes this year for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We've done many things to make sure that we don't forget what happened 20 years ago. And you know, Sean, you know, uh, Americans signed up, you know, to serve our country because of what happened on 9-11. So that's why we, the Tunnels of Towers Foundation, felt it was vitally important that we read the names here today because they're all part of the same story of 9-11 and the sacrifice that's been uh, made ever since. You know, you know it's listen, funny. My, my dad friend, fought in know, World War II, and he never wanted to talk about it. He spent four years in the Pacific. He was in the Navy. And... I, I would constantly be pressing him to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it. And 
what I what I the little I did get out of him is that it was too painful. And it was painful because he lost a lot of friends that served next to him in that conflict. Four long years in the in the Pacific. That's a long time. And when you think of people like your brother and then you think of the people that that fight these wars for us that then get politicized and then we say never mind and the people the families that lost loved ones or people that lost their legs and their arms or been disfigured at, at a level you can't even comprehend and uh, that infuriates me more than anything do you ever think frank we'd ever abandon americans behind enemy lines the way joe biden did no it's so disturbing i, I can't even uh it, it, it's just it's disgusting but look, you, the last 13 heroes that we lost uh, a few months ago, as you talk about every single day, about those that are left behind, thank God that you do that. Um, one of them was Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, and uh, Riley's widow, uh, Gigi, um, is, uh, her name is Jenna, but we call her Gigi. Uh, she gave birth to their baby after, after he, she lost her husband. We're building them a mortgage-free home, a heart and a baby, a mortgage-free home in, in South Carolina. There were two catastrophically injured service members that survived that uh, suicide bombing, uh, and we're we're going to build them uh, two uh, special adapted uh, mortgage-free homes for uh, you know country's most catastrophically injured service members, and they are catastrophically injured. Um, so, uh, your listeners, we're proactive. We take a situation where we see uh, such an injustice or such loss of life. And we try to turn it around and do some good and help the families that are left behind and bring them into the Tunnel to Towers uh, family. We love these families. America is beautiful. Most of America cares. Your listeners care. And Tunnel to Towers Foundation, we deliver 90, over 93 cents of every dollar that's donated goes to these programs. I don't get paid. We have thousands and thousands of volunteers. So... It's, it's, a, it's a sad day. Well, you've, you've delivered 450 homes. I want to tell my audience your website. It's T, the letter T, the number two, the letter T dot org. That's T two T dot org. And what they really like most people to do is just pledge to donate 11 bucks a month uh, so they can build out as many homes that are needed. There are literally thousands that need the help. Uh, Tunnel to Towers, they also have a Facebook page if you want to check it out there. Uh, Frank, you're a good man. Uh, happy Veterans Day. God bless your brother and your family, your organization. We appreciate you always coming on the program. Thank you so much, Sean. And last thing, St. Francis of Assisi said, brothers and sisters, while we have time, while we are here, let us do good. The work we're doing is good, and we must always take care of these great heroes. Thank you to your veterans that are listening, and God bless America, and thank you for your great help. Sure. All right, Frank Siller, uh, Tunnels to Tower. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Uh, also joining us on this Veterans Day is uh, Jocko uh, Willink is back with us live. And by the way, a career following, you know, a decorated turn as a Navy SEAL. He's achieved amazing success as a writer, businessman. He's now hosting his own podcast. Uh, I'm jealous because uh, I do mixed martial arts. One of the it's an eclectic blend of arts. One of them is Japanese jujitsu. Uh, he is a Brazilian jujitsu black belt. Um, I can say this, Jocko, and you know this is true. Uh, the things that you can do to manipulate somebody's fingers alone or arms alone is, you know, whenever we're, we're doing jujitsu with my sensei, I'm like, ah, ah, uh, and, you know, and I'm tapping out fast. 
Yeah, well, Sean, as you know, uh, jiu-jitsu stands for the gentle art, but anybody that practices that art knows that it's not very gentle at all. <laughs> no. Um, you know, he puts me in a car to get wrist lock, and I'm like, ah, tap! I said, literally scream. And um, we actually practiced something you might get a kick out of pain day because the the premise behind it is that if you can't take a punch, if you can't tolerate pain, you're not going to be able to defend yourself. And that consists of me just, you know, pushing my arms out and him beating the crap out of them. And then I stand there and he hits me as hard as he can in my stomach. And then I have to take it again and again and again until he drops me. Not exactly pleasant, but I'm sure you do similar things. Yeah, well, my wife wants to put me through that type of training on a regular basis. I'm not exactly sure what the what the benefit is, but I have to just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have this novel that you put out. It's very powerful. It's called The Final Spin. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you talk about the book a little bit, but it's you, you've been following the debacle in Afghanistan and the treatment of our military. Um, it's disastrous. I mean, Donald Trump did do a lot to fix up the VA but not enough. The veterans' hospitals are not fixed to the extent that we need them fixed. Well, that's true. And on top of that, I mean, we've got to take care of, of, of our military, the people that are active duty. I mean, you've got China right now absolutely preparing for war. They're building hypersonic missiles. You see them out there practicing bombing American warships. They got full-size targets out in the desert. That's what, that's what the enemy is doing. Yeah, with and the USA on it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, and they're indoctrinating their youth with these anti-American propaganda war films. I don't know if you've seen any of those. They're some of the most popular films in the world, and that's that's what's happening in China. And meanwhile, back here, you know, we're cutting our budgets and not training our, our military the, the way we should. Well, we're really not. You know, on this Veterans Day, we don't take enough time to just stop, ponder, think, reflect that every bit of freedom we have that the price has been so high. I was discussing this earlier with Frank Siller. Every single, you know, Thanksgiving, while they're stuffing our, our faces with turkey and, and, and all the trimmings, you know, we have that because other people w- willing to fight, die, become disabled, have the most debilitating injuries. And I guess the only thing that really frustrates me is w- the way we seem to fight wars now is we're all gung-ho, and then it becomes politicized, and then it becomes never mind. And then we we pull out and we leave. We cannot ever do that again, ever, under any circumstances. And we've got to develop the next generation of weaponry where wars can be fought by pushing buttons in Tampa, Florida. That's how you're going to fight the next war. I do like that idea of fighting the next war that way. And, And certainly we should never even go into war unless we are going into that war to win win at all costs, do whatever we have to do to achieve victory. If we're not going to go in with that attitude, we shouldn't go in at all. Trump didn't get enough credit for it, but he took out Baghdadi and associates. He took out Soleimani, he took out the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen, but he also beat back the caliphate and it got very little attention in the media. And he did it because he bombed them, he obliterated them with bombs. And he literally destroyed the entire caliphate that grew under Joe Biden and Barack Obama. Yeah, and you got to remember, at one point, they were saying that this was an ideology. You can't fight these people. There's no way we can beat them. And <laughs> we actually proved that we can beat them 100%, and we did. We destroyed tens of thousands of those uh, ISIS fighters in a relatively short period of time, and it proved that if you have the will, you can get it done. What are the guys that you know that served in Afghanistan and Iraq, what are they saying about what Joe Biden did 
by leaving and abandoning Americans behind enemy lines. What do they tell you? Because they're telling me an awful lot. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And, and clearly you've got the, the, the people that have been left behind here. That's absolutely horrible. We've got the, the, the tragedy of the, the soldiers and Marines that were killed while they were trying to leave. And then you've got this idea, Sean, of the enemy having billions of dollars worth of our equipment. And look, it's hard enough to go and fight an enemy that has all kinds of advantages because they don't care if they hurt civilians. They have no rules of engagement. They can do whatever they want. And now they've got our weapon system. This is something that is so disturbing. I have trouble sleeping at night because of it. Tell us a little bit real quick. We have a little less than a minute about your book, Final Spin. It's a novel you wrote, but it's, it's yeah. r r literally ripped from the pages of a newspaper. Yeah, it's, it's a story about a couple brothers, and they are going through life, and things aren't going quite the way they want them to go. It's a story about being American. It's a story about trying to find your way, trying to find happiness, and it's also a story about the sacrifice that brothers are willing to make for each other. Uh, Jocko Willink, decorated Navy SEAL, great guy, great book. It's called Final Spin. It's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. Sir, thanks for being with us. Happy Veterans Day, and, and thanks to all of those people that served. Hey, thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. And all those vets out there, I salute you. Thanks for your service. Amen. John Kerry making America green one Learjet liberal flight at a time. You just can't make this stuff up. Sean Hannity is on right now. That's going to wrap things up for us today. Let not your heart be troubled. Tonight, Hannity, we're following the Rittenhouse case. Looks like defense resting, and that means closing arguments tomorrow could lead, could even be in the hands of the jury, depending on how long that takes. We'll have full coverage, 9 Eastern. Kyle Rittenhouse's mother, Wendy, will join us. The great one, Mark Levin, Greg Jarrett, Alan Dershowitz tonight. We have Clay Travis, Leo Terrell, Sarah Sanders, Scott Brown. 9 Eastern news you'll never get from the corrupt mob in the media on Hannity on Fox. We'll see it tonight. Back here tomorrow. We know you make this show possible. We never can thank you enough. We'll see you tonight. <laughs>